Philippians chapter number 2. We're going to read here in, in just a, a few moments, just a couple verses, and I'll let you sit down. Everyone turn with me to Philippians chapter number 2, and, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 4. I want to, Brother Johnny Lawrence, uh, Brother Johnny Lawrence sent me a, an email. A lot of people send me emails all the time, real good stuff. And, and he sent me one this week that really uh, intrigued me and, 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 and sparked an interest in my heart. Most of us, and most of you know that Brother Johnny and Miss Sandra are taking over the care ministry uh, and, and getting it revitalized, getting it going, getting it encouraged, and people serving in that, that area and that topic. So he's been reading a lot of stuff. He's been looking at a lot of stuff and, and, and trying to get better at that. And I think we all ought to do that. If we know what God wants us to do, we need to get better at doing it. Say amen. And, and he sent this to me, and, and the question... The question on this email was, are you a window church or are you a mirror church? And I thought, well, we don't have no windows. And I'm not sure we got any mirrors, amen? But then I began to read what they were talking about, and I want to share that with you this morning. Are we a or a mirror church? Let's find out. Philippians chapter number 2 in verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Uh, Paul was addressing an issue. Uh, Yodis, if you'll look in the back of the book, in the back of uh, the book of Philippians, you'll find out that, that him and Sintichi were having an issue. They were having a problem. It's not said what it is. It's not saying what the... Uh, disagreement was but it was causing friction in the church and it was causing uh, issues there and he was trying to address that and you know one of the quickest ways to deal with situations is to take yourself out of the equation and say it's all about Jesus it's not about me I found out some of the times that I've been in situations it was more out of my selfishness or out of my pride and that's what he's dealing with here he is saying look look beyond who we are look beyond ourselves." now watch what he says let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Now, natural, natural instinct of any human being is to want and desire. Would you say amen? Sometimes those wants and desires overflows and is greater than what's needed or greater than what really should be there. And he said, look, the last place there should be strife is in the house of God. We should be in one accord. We should be in one mind. We should be going one direction. And he's saying, look, don't be, don't be in strife. Think others. Think beyond yourself. Now, I just tell you, I, I, I look in my life and I look at some of my situations. That is easy preaching, but would you agree? But watch what he says. Let nothing, nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Read verse 4 with me. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let's read it one more time. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on... Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, your presence has been here so far, and Lord, I pray that it will continue. 
Lord, let every word out of my mouth edify, build up, strengthen. I pray that, Lord, where there's conviction needed, bring conviction. Where there's encouragement, bring encouragement. Lord, where there's rebuke, bring rebuke. Where there's reproof, bring reproof. Whatever we need, whatever I need, Lord, let me receive your word today. Let mine ear be understanding. Lord, let it be able to comprehend and perceive what you'd have for the preacher. Lord, let every ear comprehend and perceive for the congregation. Lord, let us take it in and not just be hearers of the word, but doers this morning. God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This verse, this verse, verse 4, we're going to take basically our, our, our message, our topic, our thought out of verse number 4. And it says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now let me debunk a myth right here. That don't mean that we're to mind everybody else's business. Are y'all with me? Say amen. That, that's not what that means. It doesn't mean we're to be looking at everybody, the moat in everybody else's eye and forgetting the beam in our own eye. It doesn't mean we need to be looking across the fence and worrying about the high grass in everybody else's yard. We just need to mow our own grass. Are y'all with me? That's not, it's not meaning being in everybody else's business and trying to confess their sins for them. We confess our own sins here at Temple Baptist Church. Say amen. What that means is before you put yourself first, think about others. We were taught in, in, in uh, preschool and, 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 and Sunday school and in and, and little church. We always, what is, the, what is the definition of joy? Isn't that, isn't that what we learn as, as a little child? Jesus, others, then you. Put Jesus first, then put others first, and then you. And then you will have real joy. But how many of y'all would agree with your preacher, because I'm going to raise my hand first, that's sometimes hard to do. That's sometimes hard to do. But you know what? I want to share with you just a few thoughts about others. Others. I, I, I told Brother Johnny I really want to encourage this. I really want to get our people involved in thinking about others. We will not be active with others, and we will not step forward and do something and active in ministry with others if we don't think about them first. We will do what we think about. If it's out of sight, it's out of... Now, I'm telling you, I'm bad about that. That's why my wife and my secretary and my staff are always keeping things in front of me because they know if it leaves my sight for 22 seconds, it's gone out of my memory. So they constantly remind me. Brother Dustin's constantly saying, Preacher, don't forget this. Don't forget that. Don't forget this. I'm telling you, if we don't constantly think about others, we will forget them. Now, the question is, are we a window church or are we a mirror church? Now, when you, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Some needed work, amen, right there. Uh, all we see is what? Ourself. Now, sometimes when we come to church, all we see is our... In worship, we see. In small groups, we see. In, in service things, we see. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, you say, how is that possible? You know, I've, I've always been told, I've always been told that, that worship is an audience of one. It's just you and God. And they write songs about that, but that's a lie. And I can prove it. And I want to share that with you. I want you to think about others in your worship. We have a process set up here. God has given us 
a process to use to develop disciples. We are, we are in the foundational stages of it. We're about to start building on it. God is really... We had an incredible, incredible facilitators meeting this morning. Brother Buchanan is, is, is taking that. He's taking the reins on that and doing an incredible, unbelievable job. We were there this morning. I'm telling you, God was in the place this morning. Facilitators, am I telling the truth? I mean, I left there fired up and encouraged, and I appreciate what you're doing there. And I see these steps that God has given us to develop disciples, our worship, our small groups, then our service teams. God wants us to do three things. He wants us to love him, love others, and serve both. It's wrapped up all in that process. God wants us to do them three things. Well, what does God expect out of me? What does God want out of me? It's in them three. Love him. Now, if we are doing this, we won't do that. But boy, if we come over here, and look under the fields. After we wash the window. I told you, out of sight, out of mind. Amen. Look out to the fields. They are under harvest. A, 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 a liberal, non-Bible believer told a little preacher friend of mine that didn't have no education whatsoever. He, he said, listen, when wheat is ripe, it's not white. It's not white. He, and he gave another color. And this, But see, he messed up, and he was talking to a country boy. He didn't have no clue about nothing else, but he knew about farming. And you know what he And I didn't even know this, so he told me this. He said, that white under harvest, you know what that means? It means when harvest is past. In other words, that means you're late in getting it in. It turns white when it's been on there a little too long, and it's almost going to rot. I thought, wow. A dumb old country boy had to teach somebody about that. Jesus is not saying they're just now getting ready. Jesus has said they've been ready. Let's go get them. The fields are white unto harvest. And I begin to think, Lord, how, how do we plug this in? How do we plug this thought in and seeing others? I want to see others. I want every one of us to see others. If you're saved and going to Temple Baptist Church and you're a member, I don't want you to think of yourself. I want you to think of others. If we will do that, man, there is nothing that God won't do through us. But how do we do that? How do we see others in these three ministries? How do we see others in these three purposes and, and programs that we have going on? How do we see others in worship? Number one, I want you to write this down. Number one, seeing others in our worship. Uh, look, the Bible says in Psalms chapter 40, verse number 3. Psalms chapter 40, verse number 3. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. This is over there where it says, I waited patiently on the Lord. And he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry, and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my foot on a rock. Now watch what it says. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall what? Many shall and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Now, let me preach just a few minutes on this subject. Uh, uh, when you come into the house of God, we sang a few songs and the courses this morning, and, and, and some of you sat out there and, and didn't sing and just kind of sat out there. Now, if you're not saved and you don't know Jesus, that's understandable because you don't know what we're singing about. But I'm going to tell you what we're singing about. But if you do know Jesus, shame on you. 
Because the Bible says he brought me out of a horrible pit and he set my foot on a rock and the first thing he did was put a new song in my mouth. I'm not singing there's a tear in my beer anymore. I'm singing I'm redeemed my love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. I've got something to sing about. I've got a new song. I've not got an old way. I'm not singing about what I used to be. I'm singing about what I'm going to be. I'm singing about what God has done for me because I want other people to know that I'm redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so people are watching when you worship we have congregational music we have congregational choruses we have congregational singing why do we do that the Bible says praise him in the congregation others will that's what it said didn't that sign it said others will see put that verse back up there put that verse back up there brother brother Barnes if you'll do it real quick and he hath put a new song in my mouth even praise unto our God. Many shall, and fear and shall. Now, what have been people seeing you singing? Mm-hmm. Hello. They're going to see it. Now, do they want what you have because of your worship? Or do what you look like when you come to the house of God and worship look like it's contagious? How many of y'all are going to heaven? How many of y'all have forgot where you were going? Uh-huh. Praise him. Hot dog. I can, I'm telling you, the greatest illustration I have is looking back at my mama giving us mercy. Please, mama, give us mercy. Because, see, y'all didn't get whoopings like I got. This was before, this was before uh, 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 Ridland and, and, and DHR and all that. They would have gone to prison the way they abused me and my brother. I'm just kidding. We deserved every whooping we got. Probably something. Dad, come on now. You know, it's bad when you got to pass to your parents. Ain't it? They'll tell on you. Mercy. We've gotten mercy. You say, oh, is there any Bible for this? What about, what about, how about the book of Acts, chapter number 2? The Bible says, now some people say, oh, they were in the upper room praying, hiding from everybody. I don't believe that's where they was. That's, that's, that's a national thought that's been going around my whole life. Oh, yes, they was in the upper room. I don't believe that. If you go to the very last verse of the book of Luke, the same one that wrote the book of Acts, in the last verse of the book of Luke, the Bible says they was continually in the temple praising God. And if you'll roll right out of that into the book of Acts, the Bible says that they, it didn't say they was in the upper room in chapter number 2. It just says that God came on them where they were. And I believe, and what did they do? The Bible says that that crowd, and the only way you're going to see a crowd that sees that, you can't be hiding in an upper room for people to see that. And I believe they was in that temple worshiping God, praising God because they were blind, but now they see. They were lost, but now they're found. And there's 17 different nationalities that, boy, we do hear them speak the wonderful works of God. And what was the result of that? Thousands getting saved. Because they saw somebody worshiping him. How about, how about Paul and Silas in the bottom of that jail? You say, I don't have no reason to worship. I don't have no reason to praise. Well, they were in the bottom of a prison with stripes on their back for preaching the gospel doing right. And the Bible says at midnight, they waited till everything quieted down. And when everything quieted down, they said, it's on, Charlie. Amen. It's time to start. And they begin to praise and they begin to sing songs. And the Bible said, and the prisoners heard them. 
They heard him. Don't you turn a Baptist preacher loose in a crowd and think nothing's going to happen. I'm telling you, they'll get excited. I believe they got to singing about the love of God. I believe they got to singing, listen, the songs of Zion. I believe they went back in the Old Testament. Look at some of the psalms that are there and how it blessed their heart and where they were going. And the Bible said God got so tickled about it. He shook the whole ground. There was a great earthquake. You say, but what about that evangelism you're talking about? The Bible says that that prison guard woke up. That prison guard woke up and was going to kill himself because he was responsible for every single prisoner. And if, if, listen, he lost one, his life would go for them. But Paul said, do thyself no harm. Buddy, everything's okay. We're all here. Now, how many prison breaks you know and all the prisoners are going to just hang around? You know why they hung around? They didn't want to miss camp meeting. They said, man, that's, that's good stuff right here. We're going to hang I believe, I believe a lot of them got saved. And I know the captain got saved and his family. You know what that was a result of? Worship. Worship. Well, I'm just not vocal preacher. I'm just not that way. That's just not my makeup. Well, you need to work on that problem. That's a problem. You need to be vocal. Let the redeemed of the Lord, I will offer the sacrifices of praise. Are y'all with me? The Bible says, he has put a new song in my mouth. Even you, I know this. Well, I can't sing. Look around. That's why we all sing together. Hey, God put a verse in there for that. Make a joyful noise. Now, if you're going to sing by yourself, we need, you need to have a clue. But listen, when we all sing together, are y'all with me? I remember when I was a little kid. I say I was a little kid. I was, I don't know, in elementary school maybe. Uh, we had we had two two rows of uh, pews at Bethel, and and I had to sit right there, and uh, where Miss April is, where my brother sat, and my mama sat right behind us because she'd thump us on the head if we got cutting up. Now, uh, and ooh. she had a finger she could wrap around her hand three times, and when that thing come on, wham, boy. It, Sound like a ripe watermelon. But I'd be, I'd be standing there, and we'd get to singing. And I remember one time my Aunt Mona was making fun of me. But, but I, boy, I was just, I was in the song, man. And I, 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 done, I, I, didn't, I was the only one in the building. I mean, I, you know that audience one stuff? That's what I thought. But it, my mom couldn't take it no longer. She just, boom, and grabbed me and stopped. Quit that. But I'd done, hey, I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the song. I was enjoying whatever. It didn't matter to me. You know what you need to do when you come in here? Forget about what people think. Forget about it. Listen, they don't know what I've been through all week. I don't care that they see me sniffering and slobbering and crying because they don't know what I'm, I'm going through. They don't know what Jesus has done for me. Listen, that woman that came to Jesus in that room, Simon, oh, oh, hypocrite Simon, oh, 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 critical Simon. Uh, this woman who had a reputation, and she came to Jesus and began to weep at his feet. And, and, and listen, her tears hit his feet, and then she began to kiss his feet and wash his feet because she was so appreciative of what he had done for him. Simon, in his old, uh, listen, critical attitude, thought in himself. Now, be careful what you think around Jesus because he can read your mind. 
And he thought to himself, boy, if he was who he said he was, if he was really a man of God, if he was really a prophet, oh, he wouldn't let her touch him. Boy, he didn't know Jesus very well. He said, Simon, I have somewhat to say to you. I came into your house, and it was your responsibility, it was your job to do the washing of the feet. You hadn't washed nobody's feet. Listen, this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since she's been in here. You've not offered me any affection. Simon, if somebody had a great debt and was forgiven, and somebody had a small debt and was forgiven, who would love the most? He said, well, obviously the great debt. Simon, you hadn't loved any. I believe he was saying, Simon, you ain't even saved. This woman who has shown great affection, she has been forgiven much. Preacher, what's the point? Be careful being critical when somebody raises their hand. Be careful being critical when somebody says amen. Be careful being critical when somebody comes to this altar. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what life they're living. You don't know what experience they had. You don't know what hellhole God dragged them out of. Don't you be a critic. People are watching, are watching. Do you look like you got something they want? Or do you look like something they need a shot for? Amen. We need to see others when we come in here. It's not just about going and singing a song and taking up an offering and singing in the choir. No. I come to brag on Jesus. I'm still alive. I'm still going to heaven. The devil still can't do nothing about it. I'm making mad on a regular basis. Amen? There's other people watching. I want them to see me. Say, I want what that boy, I want what, I want what that boy right there has. I don't know what he's got, but I want what he's having. Amen? How you look this morning? You singing out when we were singing? Hello. Y'all still with me? Listen, worship, seeing others, it's evangelism. But it's not only that, it's encouragement. It's encouragement. How many of y'all have ever come and got happy on somebody else's happy? My dad calls that getting happy on credit. My dad, you said, bless God, I'll shout on credit, amen. It ain't got to be mine. I can, I can shout for somebody else to shout. I, I, let me give you this illustration. I love coon hunting. Most of y'all know that. I've got coon hunters across the board and across the building. We're gonna, we're just, I just love it. I mean, I, there's something about it. And there's something about if you really love it, uh, not necessarily that competition factor, but, but the fact that when you're training new puppies, when you're training new, I seen Tater, where's Tater at? We we got some puppies together, and 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 and, and my puppy is off of Brother Bruce's dog. Brother Bruce has got the daddy to my puppy, and we were hunting together at at, at the first time. And Brother Bruce was with me the first night. My puppy treated coon by itself, and 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 see what happens. How you train a puppy, and you say, "What does this got to do?" I'm going somewhere. Just bear with me. I'm enjoying this. Amen. You take a puppy, a young dog, and you take it with an old dog. All right, the puppy's just proud to be there. He's not in the pen. He's proud to be outside. He don't know anything. Now that old dog's got the look. He's waiting on the leash. He said, Daddy, cut me loose. And I'm going to go find one for you. And, and, and listen, the only thing on his mind is going to find that coon. 
But that old puppy. Son, you cut that old dog loose, boom. He's going to go do his thing. It'll track that coon down. It'll treat that coon. It'll get there and look up at you. Ha, 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 ha. I got him, Daddy. Ha, ha, ha. Come on and get him. Ha, ha, ha. And here he is. An old Dumbo. He looks, at, he looks at that old dog. And that dog is some kind of excited about what's up there. And you know what that little dumb dog will do? It'll say, ha, 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 ha. I don't know what's up there, but he likes it. Ha, ha, ha. Mark, am I telling the truth? Brother Bruce, say amen right there. Tater, is that not true? He don't have a clue. But that old dog is happy about something up there. He's excited about something up there. And listen, that little dumb dog is just getting in on credit. Amen. Amen. You need to come in here and shout for God. You need to come in here and sing for God. And listen, all these baby Christians may not have it all down together, but they see you being happy about something. Bless God, that gets me happy about something. Hallelujah. Bless God, I don't have to. I'll get happy on somebody else's happy. I'm happy that you're happy. We're a family. We ought to be that way. We ought not to be sully in the mully grubs and mad because they got something to shout about and we don't. Bless God, get in on their shout and maybe you might get a little bit of it. I found this out, that little dumb dog. Listen, he'll get the same bite. He'll get the same enjoyment later on that that old dog will get. Amen. Listen, come in and worship because it's not just that lost people need to see you do that. Saved people need to see you do that. Because I might come in and the devil, I mean, I got saddle sores because the devil's rode me all week. But God may have just poured you into heaven all week long. And I sit down beside old Travis and I feel like a dog and I feel lower than a snake in the wagon trail and I don't even know if Jesus is alive. But son, brother Travis has done been full all week long. And he can't help it. Son, the first note, Woo! And I think, hmm. And he'll stores, listen, testify. He, just him praising fired me up a while ago. Listen, doesn't matter who you are. And there's no right way or wrong way to do this. I love seeing baby Christians. I love seeing baby Christians starting to break loose and really start. It's just like them baby puppies. Now I'm telling you, that cranks my tractor. When I see them baby puppies doing it on their own. But I see that old baby christening. They ain't got here yet, but they they get excited and they just boy, I tell you, that fires me up. Now, do you see others when you come and worship, or 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 do you just do you just see yourself? Well, I don't have to participate because it's just me and it's, I'm not. No. See others. Look at it like somebody else needs my worship. I imagine, I imagine Silas did not want to worship. I imagine he didn't. If I had stripes on my back, somebody done beat me half to death, thrown me into prison for me serving God, I wouldn't want to shout neither. But oh, there was an old man of God. <laughs> he done been there. He done been there. He said, I know what to do, son. I know what to do. I've done been here. 
And I'm telling you, when you don't feel like it, that's when you need to do it. That's when you need it the most. And you know what I found out? That's when you'll get the most out of it. It's when you worship when you don't feel like it. When you sing when you don't feel like it. Listen, God will give you songs you had never heard before. The Bible says that psalmist said he gives me songs in the night. No, no song will do anything for you like when it's in the night. When everything seems like it's collapsing around you and everything seems like it's falling apart around you and God will let you hear a song and let you know that, listen, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Oh, sing. Don't be ashamed to worship Him and praise Him and glorify His name. Don't be ashamed. We was in the, we was in the facilitators meeting this morning and, and, and each one was testifying. So let me tell you what happened. Let me, man, that was firing me up. By the time it came to my part, I was excited. I was ready to preach then. You know why? Because people were not ashamed to worship. Are you seeing others in your worship? Let me give you these two quick. This is, this is just quick. We, 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 we've heard from God, but you, you need to get this. We see others this morning in our worship, but then you need to see them in your small group. All of you in small groups this morning, you need to understand something. I told, I told my group when our first social event, getting ready for the, the new group season, group year, whatever you want to call it, I said, this is one thing I want you to do. I want you to commit to this group. I want to give you a verse. I want to give you a verse. If you put that up there, Brother Barnes, underneath that, Second uh, 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 Corinthians 8, 5. Watch this. The Bible says in Second Corinthians 8, 5, And this they did. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first, watch this, first gave their own selves to who? And then after that, and unto, by the will of God. Do you know what it means to be a church member? Do you know what it means to be in the family of God? You do not need to just commit to the Lord. You need to commit to each other. Why are we here? Because it's hell out there. You go through it every day. You live in it every day. You experience it every day. Listen, you need somewhere where you can hook up arm in arm with somebody. You say, what does this have to do with seeing others? This is, this is why I'm telling you. You need to see others when it comes to your small group. Listen, if you're here for the very first time, God has set up a process here. We love God in this atmosphere right here. But we have small groups that meet every, every night of the week, during the day, even some. And that is a time where we grow closer, we bond with each other, we help each other, we pray for each other, we encourage one another, we talk about what I'm preaching about right now. And that is a time when we're loving others. Now, you say, how do I see others there? But they're saved people. Here's the thing. I'm going to be there because somebody needs me. Brother Doug, you're in my group. There's going to be a day you're going to need me. You're going to come lower than just what I said a while ago. And you're going to need me to say, Brother Doug, I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. I need you. Brother David, I'm praying for you. I'm, listen, and there's going to be a day that I need that. Now, what happens if the day that they really need me, I don't show up? Then I'm not there. It's kind of like this. When, when, when my, my, my daughter, uh, yesterday I had, I had a, uh, one of them, them bottle of uh, germ killer things. You know, uh, uh, germ, you know the stuff 
Yeah, that stuff you don't get in the cut. Or your eye. Well, she came in there and looked at me. Stuck her hand there. Boom. Well, it says, shoom, right in her eye. I've never heard her praise the Lord like at that moment in time. Someone that alcohol stuff went in her eye. Woo! I said, she's got it, Jesus. Amen. Then I seen this was bad. Amen. She, what was the first thing she did? Now, what if you didn't have no arms? Y'all laugh. Try it. Stick it in your eye and, and tie your hands behind your back. But you know what? That's what we do when we don't show up when others need us. The Bible says that there are many members in the body. Some of the ears, some of the nose, some of the mouth, some of the hands. But all of them's important. You don't think one's important, cut it off. Hello? And we are handicapping ourselves. You know why? Because when it comes to that time that I don't want to go, all I'm seeing is myself. I'm not thinking of others who are there in that group that need me and, and listen, need the ministry that I have to offer. Church, I want you to see others in small groups. Don't think of yourself. Think of them. Because I'm telling you, we were all excited. Everybody's all pumped up, excited about the new group and the new people. And, and, and boy, we, and I said, there's coming a day when that boss is going to be chewing your ear all day long. And you don't want to be around nobody. There's days when I leave this place, I don't want to be around nobody but my dumb dog. Say amen. But you know what? Right then is when you need to say, I'm committed to this. Because that might be the time that you sit down in that group and somebody else says, let me tell you what God done for me this week. And it'll pick you up to where you need to be. Listen, we can see others in our small group by our commitment, but then by our comfort. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 1 that God is the God of all comfort. Blessed be God, even the God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by what? The comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. God doesn't meet your need just to say your need has been met. God met your need so you can help meet somebody else's. Amen? Let me read this story. Have you ever heard of Lieutenant Hiro Onoda? He was the last Japanese soldier to surrender after World War II. He was left on the island, Lubang, in the Philippines in 1944. Along with three other soldiers, they were left with the command to carry on the mission even if Japan surrendered. Eventually, the others were killed or surrendered, but Onoda continued his war alone. Through the years, he ignored messages from loudspeakers announcing Japan's surrender Leaflets were dropped in the jungle begging him to surrender so he could return to Japan during his 29-year private war. How long? 29 years he stayed in that jungle by himself. He killed at least 30 Philippine nationals. More than half a million dollars was spent trying to locate him and convince him to surrender. Finally, on March 10, 1974, Onada surrendered his rusty sword after receiving a personal command from his former superior officer. His lonely war was finally over. When he returned to Japan as a prematurely aged man of 52, he made this comment, nothing pleasant during those 29 years in the jungle. Nothing pleasant about those 29 years in the jungle. Well, that was a bit of an understatement. 
The people can spend long years fighting lonely battles when they are determined to go it alone. People spend years battling secret sins and weaknesses and addictions when they could end the battle if they would just let other people help them. We need each other for perspective, accountability, advice, encouragement, all the other things that Christian friendship adds to our lives. Preacher, do you really think these small groups are important as a heart attack? Say, why do you think that? Because God wouldn't have told me to do it if it wasn't. And I've already seen it. I've already experienced it. You've heard the testimonies. Listen, I want you to see others in them and commit to them. Don't just commit to the Lord. Church membership means a lot more than that. Being a member of the family of God means more than that. I wasn't just committed to my dad when I was growing up. I could beat on my brother all I wanted to till he growed up. But you better not touch him. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And I promise you this. I could call my brother right now and say, somebody's threatening me in this church. And if I gave a name, you better look out. Because he wasn't just for mom and dad. He was for me and my sister. I don't want you to just commit to the Lord. I want you to commit to one another. Don't be like this the rest of your life. It's not just about what I want. It's not just about what I desire. What does Johnny need? What does Brother Donnie need? Bob, what, what, what do you need? Boy, if I could just get my... Yesterday, yesterday I seen uh, Brother Lee. Lee, you in here? Where you at, Lee? Brother Lee and, 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 and his two brothers, they come and mow the churchyard every week for free. Unbelievable. Been doing it three or four years, serving God in the hot sun all the time. I had just went, I had just went to WDG, and I got me a pork steak. And I was going to barbecue it on the grill while I studied. And I passed them. And you know what? God said, I bet they're hungry. So I pulled over, and I tried to wave them down. He ain't got no sense. He went right on by me. So I run him down, pull over. I said, y'all ate yet? No, we hadn't ate yet. Well, I'm, I'm going to cook. I'll be right back. Okay. We got in there. I grilled, cooked some French fries, and I mean, had a bit, set it down, and we just sat down and ate. Had a cool time. I mean, just talked about all kind of stuff. And, and, and here's the thing. I could have. I, and I'm not, I'm not doing this to brag. God just gave me this for illustration. I had a better time eating and cutting up with them than if I would have just ate by myself. I went out and I, I bought three or four more of them uh, 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 pork steaks and some french fries because I wasn't going to eat french fries because I'm on the diet. Amen? And I didn't eat very many of them either, baby, just one or two. <laughs> But you know what? If I'd have just said, I ain't spending no money, I ain't going to, I ain't going to, I'd have missed out on all of that. But you know what? God allowed me to look out a window. And I don't know what it meant to them, but boy, it means the world to me that they come and do that and serve every week because they're thinking about others. Listen, last of all, see, we can see others in our worship. Can't we? Can y'all see that? We can see others in our worship and 
We need to worship because others are seeing us. But then in our small groups, boy, commit to it. Because others need you. Man, others need you there to encourage and lift up and help. And, and then our service team. I wondered what to put here. I wondered what to put here is for, for subs. And, and I, I don't have two subs. It's just one thought that God gave me. When we serve, whether it's in the parking lot parking, we're working on that. Whether it's in the, in the, the foyer or outside greeting, whether it's in the care ministry caring, whether, whether it's in the, in the outreach or what, whatever, whatever it is that we do for God. Why is it so important to see others that they need our ministry? We've got a lot of people in here that need to get mobilized. You need to get busy doing something. We need help. We need help in these areas. And, and listen, why is that so important? Let me read a verse to you that really, really struck out. Look, why do we need to see others in our service team? The main reason is because who they represent. Who they represent. See, you're not serving that person. You're not serving me. You're not serving the church. Let me tell you who you're serving. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Watch this. With good will doing service as to the, as to the, and not unto men. Colossians three twenty two. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Read this with me. Whatsoever, read it with me. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the, as to the, and not unto men. Matthew 25, 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered. This is Jesus talking. For I was a hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer, saying, Lord, when, sh- when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger or took thee in, naked and clothed thee? Or, or when shall we see... Uh, uh, we, we, we see thee sick or in prison and came unto thee and the king shall answer and say unto them verily I say unto you inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren ye have done it unto me then shall he also say unto them on the left hand depart from me ye cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels for I was hungered and ye gave me no meat I was thirsty and ye gave me no drink I was a stranger, and you took me in, not in, naked, and you clothed me not, sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. What's that mean? When we are here, Jesus is left out. Everything that you do, 
you shake a hand, you're shaking Christ's hand. When you give a drink of water, all of you out there working with them young people, listen, all those out there picking up sticks, they wasn't doing that for you, Kendrick. They were serving Jesus. They were serving him. It's not about serving the preacher or feeling something he's wanting to do. It's not about serving Brother Doyle. It's not about serving Brother Buchanan as a small group leader. It's, it's not about that. What you do, you do it for him. Listen, you're serving him, not just for him, but to him. Because he said, when you do it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Church, say amen. Let's see others in our worship. Let's see others in our group. Let's see others in our service today. Listen, if we'll do that, I promise you, your life will never be the same. Never. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you so much for the, the truth that is in these scriptures. Lord, thank you that we have an ability and an opportunity to worship you.